Welcome to Power BizCast with Rob Razor and Andy McSheffrey, sponsored by Cohatch of Indianapolis, the ultimate in co-working space. See them online at cohatch.com or drop by for a visit on Carroll Parkway in Hamilton Town Center of Noblesville. I'm Rob Razor, 25-year marketing veteran. And I'm Andy McSheffrey, 30 years coaching and facilitation. Our goal is to provide you an opportunity of a lifetime, information and insights for business and professional success. We do this through open conversations about topics important to you. So crank up that volume and let's jump right in. In our modern work environment, we hear this buzz topic mentioned quite often. I've seen it used for policy, advancement initiatives, employee reviews, and a host of other applications and it's quietly becoming a guiding philosophy of sorts. I'm talking about the phrase, there's no I in team. Andy, what are your initial thoughts? You know, in every team there is one constant. Individuals comprise it. No team is built without them. Teams have to consider the number of individuals on it. They must be conscious of the ability of the individuals on it and who is being recruited to meet the needs of the team. It is the quality of the individual that determines the effectiveness of the team. There are questions that everyone has to answer when joining a team. What will I gain by joining this team? What will I be capable of fully contributing to this team's goal? How can I contribute to this team? Do I support the goals and the agenda of this team? Am I comfortable in this team environment? All these questions can only be answered beginning with the I. How do I feel about each of these questions? Think about it. When you are asked if you want to join a team, What do you first think about? You automatically say, yes, let me get in there. You say, no, like, "Uh uh-uh, forget it. Or maybe, let me think about it. Do you automatically say, I'm sorry, will I be successful on a team that will provide me with the satisfaction of winning? Will this experience give me the opportunities to advance? Do I want to be associated with the members of this team? Once you've decided to join and begin to participate, you then begin to examine your role on the team. How am I doing? Do you have the talent, skill, and experience to become a valued member? Are you in over your head and feel you are just along for the ride with no real opportunity to make a meaningful contribution? Maybe it's the opposite. You are on a team that is far below your skills and talents and you are dragging them along going nowhere with little enthusiasm for the experience. The team is not primary. Your satisfaction and ability to positively positively participate is. Whether you are recruited, you sought out the opportunity, is this fulfilling? As Peggy League saying, is this all there is? The team may be a good fit for you in terms of ability and opportunity. Do you want to put in the effort that will be needed for this team to succeed and for you to feel successful? Is this team going places you want to experience? Is this a team that I think has worthwhile goals and are those goals in line with what I want to accomplish in my career? Not all teams are worthwhile. Perhaps this is a team with low standards and is comfortable with them. Do they want overachievers that will cause discord and disrupt the environment? Do you go along to get along or just get along by going? Does the team care about you and you care about them? 
Maybe it's a team with high standards, but no one is willing to risk their standing to pursue higher performance. This approach is frustrating, and you have little effect on pursuing a standard that is unattainable. Again, what are you going to do? You, as an individual, have a decision to make. The team should consider the effect it has on you, and if it does not, then it's a fool's mission to stay involved with people showing no concern for you. After answering the questions you are confronted with, what will you do? The I in this team scenarios needs to recognize the level of comfort it is willing to endure. The team also needs to recognize what their role is in all of this. To ignore the individual plight and all this shows a team that does not care and if that is the environment, then it's time to leave. The individual is not valued. Do you stay where you are not valued? If the team does not focus on the I and the I is not fully appreciated or acknowledged, then its future is questionable. Teams that don't value the I in their midst are teams that will flounder and never achieve their highest potential. The focus on no I in team leaves everyone unfulfilled, underperforming. It is a chain of weak links. And as Aretha said, it's a chain of fools. You know, Andy, there's a lot there that I can agree with as well. <clears throat> Every time I hear there's no I in team, a part inside of me cringes. I mean, we all love sports, and often the well-intended person using this phrase jumps into a sports analogy of sorts, and they say it takes the whole team to achieve everything. But what is the real effect of this thinking? Assuming we are not just throwing around useless phrases like a Dilbert sketch, it's necessary to understanding that, it's actually necessary to understand such thinking has implications. So I wanna kind of break this out. In my mind, I think there's three things that I see as a problem with the statement. Number one is contradictory. I mean, teams can't exist without individuals. Number two, the value of each individual I is the most important asset to your business. It's not just the team. And number three, there's really, even though there's nothing wrong with an I in the team, it's innovation that depends upon the I of the team. The team benefits from the ideas individuals bring forth. And so it's not just contradictory, there's something wrong when we just say there's no I in team. So let me address this a little bit further. You know, when, when I say it's contradictory, you know, I challenge you to find any team not made up of individuals. In fact, every team is made up of a group of I's, and the sheer presence of anyone working in a team renders the statement false. A group of individuals agrees on a course of action, and that can lead to a team mindset. Most likely, there are as many options presented as there are people involved in that scenario. The value of each individual is the most important asset your business has. As a business leader, you would not want anyone or even everyone to hold back from providing their input on any decision. You really don't want them to hold back just to appear team-like and agreeable to everybody else. Grave mistakes come about when individuality is not fostered among team members. Groupthink is just about the most harmful result I think you can have. If you have a team where everyone is inhibited from thinking freely to provide their best selves, then stop and start over. Get different ideas that spark innovation for your team. By all means, do not force the best minds you hire to get in line so you can play team. We need to encourage the best to be their best for the benefit of the rest. And that brings me to my final point. In any team, innovation depends on the free expression of ideas each individual brings forth. If you are pushing no I in team, you're actually limiting creativity, and that needs to stop. This notion in your team limits development and suffocates possibility. 
Disagreements with the groupthink will help your business by opening conversations to new approaches, new ideas, and clarifying the current path to whatever was problem, whatever the problem was to start with. Each person is autonomous and whole in themselves, and they have knowledge and experience related to that expertise that they maintain. You can take advantage of that. Someone may have an idea that others can build on, and in the reverse, someone may have an idea that's not really feasible, and others can help by pointing out the flaws. It's only through the focus on the individual, the I, and their expression and the freedom to pursue this that anything becomes possible. So really, as we look at it, there's got to be a number of recommendations we can come up with on this, isn't there, Andy? Yeah, for one, the statement's misleading and limits your effectiveness. It is detrimental for team and individual performance. There has got to be a focus on the eyes in the team because without that focus, you're going to develop a weak team. You know, as I look at that, when we say detrimental for a team, we don't want to underemphasize that. I mean, when we say no. detrimental, it really can yeah. kill a business. It definitely holds people back. The, the last thing as a business owner myself that I would want to do, even for subcontractors, is tell them, there's no I in team, your ideas don't matter, this is what I want to do, and this is what you're going to do, and this is the only way to ever do it. I, I think we really need to be able to step back and say, look, you've got expertise. Here's what I was thinking. I would love to have your input on that based on what you know that I don't. You know, I've worked with teams, I've worked on teams, I've led teams, and the best teams I've been on and involved with were teams that focused on getting the best of everybody involved. Simon Sinek made a point about this. He said, leadership is not in charge of, it's what you're charged with. You're charged with getting the best out of your people. And if you're not paying attention to each individual, you have no idea how to get the best out of them. So it's really a question of empowerment on some level. If you've hired people, you know, if, if I hire you, Andy, to be my personal coach, I'm empowering you. Why on earth would I come back and tell you how it's going to be for your expertise? That's crazy. And my job as a coach is not to come in and tell you what to do or how to be. It's to find out who you are. What matters to you? What skills and talents do you have? How can we foster the development of those skills and talents to get the best out of you? So it feels like we're harping on leadership here a little bit, but I think that's kind of what drives a lot of this concept of there's no I in team. I've rarely been involved in any type of, of teamwork environment or project to where the leader isn't the one postulating there's no I in team, basically to get people to stop and to just listen to them only. Well, yeah, it's, it's a way, it's a two-way street because you, as the individual, also have a responsibility to look out for yourself. And if you're in an environment where you don't feel you can express that best interest and pursue what's the best for you and your future, then it's just as much your fault for staying there and putting up with it. The leader has a responsibility for sure to bring the best out of you, to put you in a situation where you can be at your best. But you have a responsibility also to let him know what your best is and what will work for you. You know, the, the, the whole concept of, of team anyway um, means that if I'm on a team, I want to give my best right. to everybody. And if you're telling me not to, then you're actually causing me to really not be part of a team at all. 
if you, if you have a person who's trying to be their best, trying to bring something forward, and you feel it conflicts with everybody else's efforts, okay, address it. Talk about it. Find out where the conflict is. Identify it, resolve it, and move on. But if you never have that conversation, you'll never get to that point, and you'll always have that conflict which holds a team back. You know, there's a point that we had in our notes that everyone's success is important. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. But I think we can expound upon that idea and, and actually expand it and say, look, each link is strong by itself, but if they're all aimed towards a common goal somewhere, then each link has its own load that, or share of the load that it has to hold. And if it can't do that because it's not being allowed to because the hinge at the top is telling it to just get in line and let me do all the pulling, well, then that chain isn't going to work. It's going to break. Well, think about it. You know, you mentioned of an actual chain. The chains are linked together. They're interconnected. There's a connection there. They can only form that connection if they're connected, if they're together. Now, so, let's, let's go a step further, though. Let's look at the individual um, in that chain. You know, let's say they have issues, maybe they're, they're inexperienced, maybe they don't really know who they are. How do you think that would affect their role in a team, when, especially in light of comments like there's no I in team? Well, if it's not being paid attention to, that link's going to break. Okay. Go back to your, your analogy of a chain. Every link is strong by itself. It's stronger when it's connected, but there are stress points in every link. And if you're not paying attention to those stress points, eventually one of those links is going to break, and then your chain is broken, and you've lost all possibility. So there's kind of, as I see it, there's kind of two responsibilities. The responsibility of the individual to know their weaknesses and acknowledge them and ask for help and work with other people to, to achieve the company or, or project goals. But then there's a huge responsibility on the part of leadership to come back and recognize someone might have a weakness and elevate that up. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, like I said, it's a two-way street. They've got to be aware of what's going on, and you've got to have the self-identification and responsibility within you to let them know what's going on. We've talked a lot about team here, and I feel like we're almost making that a cliche, but it really is. You know, we call a lot of things teams, and we don't really need a team, so to speak, for a business or even a project to be successful. Most what we call teams are just working groups, partnerships within an organization. Very rarely do we have true high-performance working teams, even athletic teams. It takes them six months to develop to the point where they can qualify for the next level. Most of the time, it's just a working group of individuals trying to accomplish something. So I think if you're in an organization and, and maybe the mentality is everything has to be a team, maybe an analysis before we even can address the, the eyes on that team is, does this really require a team? Right. Or are we a company of, of unique individuals with really good talent working on specific projects that all kind of intertwine and move forward? And that's almost a, a whole other conversation. How do you yeah, identify really a team? You know, we could go on about that, but right now we want to say focus on basically the, the, this nonsense of no I in team. Yeah, I, I think if you're in charge of an organization and you're making this mistake uh, about beating up on people underneath you that there's no I in team and you're trying to suppress their input, even if you disagree with it, 
then you're, you need to refocus. You need to switch up and do the opposite of what you're trying to do. And you might be astonished at the elevation in results that come from that. Oh, completely. You know, there, there's a cost effect here. If you devalue the individual, you devalue their accomplishments, their productivity, their efforts. And by doing that, you're devaluing the group effort. And by doing that, you're developing the company's effort. So you don't want to devalue people. You want to find out what's best for them. And they need to tell you what's best for them. You know, it's, it's also one for morale. Because as a business owner, too, I, I look at, in any project, the people that I'm working with, what's the net effect of working with that person again if I basically shovel dirt on them? Well, you won't. They'll leave. Eventually, they'll leave. Yeah, especially in an independent contractor scenario. Even if the money's good, at some point, they'll be like, you know, I'm out of here. I, I don't want to put up with your baloney anymore because I don't, I'm not valued. I don't have any input based on my expertise into what's being accomplished. If you're only relying on what you pay them to keep them, you're not going to keep them. Yeah. Because they'll find the pay somewhere else. You know, I, I remember uh, an example from when I was in Little League, and, and that's some time ago, but the point is still valid, I think. Um, in a team environment, and here I go giving a sports example. <laughs> in a team environment, you know, I was terrible at bat. And I really couldn't play any position very well, and I was still learning to throw the ball. And rather than train me on how to be better at bat, they just allowed me to be the out, the strikeout, the walk, whatever. And rather than train me to throw the ball better or to keep my eye on the ball and catch better, they just stuck me way out in the outfield and prayed that nothing came my way. So why even have me on the team? I mean, really, if, if you're not going to train me up, if you're not going to give me the tools necessary to be a contributor even on that team with the skills that I did have, I mean, I could, if you put me up there and I actually connected with the ball, I could hit a home run every other time. 
But the, the problem was I had no control over my body and my skill set. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that there was no skill there, it's that it wasn't trained, it wasn't honed in enough. And you could easily take the skills I did have for reading other players and, and reading the other team and anticipating and infuse that into making the team better. Well, think about it. You were probably, what, 10, 11 years old at that point? Easily. So, so my question would be, why are you on the team? Now, more than likely, you're on the team because you want to be part of something. Your parents probably signed you up for it. You so like sports. You felt an obligation. But let's fast forward that whole scenario. We do the same thing now in organizations. Yeah. We have people who are somewhat dead weight, and we and so well, our immediate reaction is we'll get rid of them. Well, a good organization will develop that person. We'll develop that person and make them a contributing member. That's why I mentioned earlier in the uh, in our introduction. You know, if you have no value, why are you there? If they don't see value on, on you, why do they bring you in? Yeah, so there's a, a certain aspect of, of importance in, in not just the autonomy of the individual, but the inherent value yeah. of the I that's on that team. And, and maybe in a business scenario, there's two questions. You know, one, why is that person there? Mm -hmm. Are we just filling space? If we're just right. filling space, save, save your costs and, and stop filling space. Um, but if there was something that was a skill that they had that you really needed to make your, your organization, your team, your project successful, then nurture them forward in other areas and plug them into the places that make the most sense to be productive. And even if you're filling space, how can you fill that space more effectively? Exactly. You know, in, in my example, after that season, I never went back and played baseball. I why, never did. Why would you? I, I'm a tall guy. I went on to basketball. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but I, maybe I would have been a good baseball player. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But you know, nothing was nurtured. Nothing was trained. Um, people weren't nasty, but they weren't really encouraging either. And so we want to make sure that we're cognizant of the eyes and the team. Well, that's why it's, it's funny. When you look at the best places to work, the, these are places that value the individual, that can make the, take the, an average employee and make them better grow them to their best possible affirmative value. And that's what a good organization does. That's what a good team does. They take people and improve their skills, put them in positions to succeed, and don't just discard them or devalue them. Okay. So as a business owner, there are things, and, and as a team leader in that scenario, there are things to look for and ways to improve that productivity. With a team, you need to step back out of suppressing them into accepting them and, and elevating them and allowing their input to be, become something that makes the, the organization, the business, the team better. Right. Um, what about individuals that desire to, um, to grow overall? You know, we talk about a business environment. That's maybe one facet of who somebody is. You know, you got spirituality, uh, physicalness, emotionalness, financial stability. Um, you know, what do they do when they find themselves, you know, trying to grow in all of these things, but they find themselves in that environment that suppresses everything and says, there's no I in team. Get out of there. You, you need to leave. That's not a place you want to be at. So is that uh, the professional advice then that you would recommend to somebody that, you, that hired you to be a coach? If they're in a position, if they're on a team or in an organization where they see no future, 
they see no value, yes, I recommend they find they begin to look somewhere else. And if I have a, a, an owner who's treating that people that way and he has high turnover, my question to him is, what's it costing you to keep hiring people, training people, losing people, hiring people, training people, losing people? That's expensive. And it's also detrimental to your overall effectiveness. Yeah, we haven't even talked about you know the presence of a work environment, benefits, pay, right. really any yeah. of that. We're just addressing the concept. There's no I in team. You know the suppression of individuals in a team. Right. Um, I, I think, from my perspective, you know, again, I'm worried about the individual and the autonomy. Um, it's is your voice welcomed or discouraged? Do you stay or do you go? Yeah, that's the and, bottom And you're line. saying if it's discouraged and it's consistently discouraged and there's no opportunity for reversing that, then it's time to go. It's time to go. What are you, what are you gaining? You get a paycheck, okay, other places will give you a paycheck. Paychecks are pretty common. Yeah. Even in times of low employment, there's always a job somewhere that you'll feel better about. So if you're in charge of a business and you've, you've been the major purveyor, there's no I in team in shutting up everybody and keeping them moving on just what one or, or yourself or, or whoever you put in charge of the team wants, um, what will you do to promote total effectiveness? What, what's some examples of something they can do to reverse that? Stand for yourself for one. Make it clear that you're not being treated the way you want to be treated, that you feel disrespected and devalued. You need to speak up for yourself. As the manager, owner, whatever, Pay attention to these people. Find out who they are. Have a conversation with them. Begin a dialogue to understand who's working for you. Who's on your team that's contributing? You know, you, you bring up a good thought that we hadn't really dialogued much about uh, in our prep, but that is the, the concept of um, people are always told, in lieu of there's no I in team, don't bring your personal problems to work. And, and I'm not talking about you know, a spousal dispute erupting in the middle of the office. You know, I'm talking about suppressing the individual's life at the expense of the growth of the organization. You know, you don't bring it to work because you know, that disrupts the workplace. That doesn't mean you don't have it on your mind. It doesn't mean it's not affecting you. What it means is once you walk in that door at 8 o'clock, whatever time you start, if you have a problem, wait till there's an opportunity to talk about it where it doesn't interfere with the current going out of the workplace. Your lunch break, your 10-minute your break. If it's really bothering you severely, go talk to your boss, your manager, whoever. Let them know that you're not at your best right now and you need some either time to get this straightened out or just an ear for a few minutes to help you calm down or get focused. You know, and, and from my perspective, I think it's also incumbent upon the business owner or the team lead or the manager, whatever the case may be, to recognize when something new has entered the life of one of your, your teammates, if you will, the people you're in charge of, and, and try to ferret that out in an appropriate fashion. You know, you, you don't sit around in a, in, a, in a project meeting and say, you know, you, you're not yourself today. Are you... Are you um, are you having financial difficulties, you know, and expose that in front of the group? Because that, no. that, that that's, a, that's, that, that's the same as saying there's no I in team. You're trying to kill them right there on the spot. But it's incumbent upon you to recognize that things are going on in the lives of the people you're involved with and to encourage them. You know, you might not be the counselor, mm -hmm. but maybe encourage, you know, I know a good counselor. Do you need to talk to somebody to get some help? Or, 
or you know maybe you know I, I saw you put in for a vacation in a week and you're struggling to get some projects done now do you need like half a day to address some stuff and then come back so that you can be ready uh, whatever the case may be you know it goes the other way too you may have had a major accomplishment in your life outside of work and you know you walk in really feeling good about yourself you just had you maybe your maybe you're, you won your bowling championship or your kid just got a great honor in school or your wife did something special at her job or at home or maybe you bought a new home you know that needs to be recognized too that you know you live a, a full life outside of your job and people at work need to be aware of who you are what you're accomplishing and how good you feel compliments you on it take that energy and put it into the job sounds like we have some good recommendations here to help overcome this barrier of no I in team. Right. You know, I've, I've worked for this one organization. I've been doing contract work with them for now, God, 25 years. And even when I'm not working with them, they'll call me or I'll call them, just check in with each other, how are we doing? And it's nothing professional. It's just simply as, as people. And that means the world to me, that they care enough about me to, to call in and check on me. Yep. And for some small businesses, you know, your customers are your friends. Yeah. And, and that's good if that's the case. I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. Nope. Um, you can reach both of us, obviously, online. Um, if you have questions or further comments or, or want to contribute in some way to what we're doing here, um, you can reach me at brividomarketing.com, B-R-I-V-I-D-O marketing.com. And Andy's available at... A-N-D-Y-M-C-S-H-E-F at gmail.